Welcome into the Dynasty League podcast. We are back again on a Saturday, episode 17 of this season. Can you believe that, Christopher? That is crazy, my man. Uh, 17 all this year. Gee whiz. But it's an absolute pleasure to be back again, as you mentioned, on a Saturday afternoon. I do like this time slot, Hod. I know you do as well. What are your thoughts? It's a very nice time slot, but it is the Caulfield Cup. I don't know if I'll be able to keep my eyes on you two for the whole time, but have you got any uh, sneaky trifectas on the sloppy seven track there, Keeney? You love the Phillies, mate. Uh, just keep your eyes where they should be, buddy. But uh, yeah, no, a couple of cheeky cheeky ones, mate. We'll see, see how we go. It's uh, not always easy, but uh, yeah, it should be good. I think, uh, Keeney, the real reason why you love this time slot is because you get to sniff a coffee, as you told us last mm. week, which is one of your oh, yeah. greatest pleasures. Uh, Please. Don't you think just like you don't even have to be drinking, just just sniff straight into that cup. That is outstanding. Well, the the nose is a powerful weapon. Let me tell you, boys. <laughs> I don't know where that's going, but let's move on. Oh, I thought, thought you had something Every for us. Man in this city's laughing at us, and I don't like it. That's right, and uh, he loves this role, resident Tom Brown esque. Brody Hoddick, <laughs> kick it off, mate. He hates it. Oh, I'm here to stay the brown dog. So we have some league news and trade news um, here, and this is a huge one. And I love it when we have one of you, one of us three involved so we can really dissect it. This is a big one between Manny and Keeney. Russ Wilson, the dangerous one. Keeney's... Uh, Always been a fan of the Seattle Seahawks, so this is very interesting. So, Russ and a 2023 third for three 2022 firsts, and they belong to Keeney, Thais, and Jim. So, we're expecting probably two later ones there, and then depending where Jim ends up. So, that brings us we'll, – we'll dissect the trade firstly with you, Keeney, but um, – just a, a sneaky seven first rounders for Manny in this next upcoming draft. Keeney, what are your thoughts behind this one, and how long did this take to arrive? Um, yeah, no, we've, well, we've been in in discussions about Russell for a little while. I saw it as kind of probably the one area that I don't I don't kind of have an elite option at QB with um, with Kirk Cousins, and probably more feeling a bit uneasy about where two is at. So. I was talking to Manny for a while, but he was obviously of the belief that, you know, Russ was a big part of his team in the present and the future. But as soon as he got injured, it was almost a good time for him to almost um, trade away that kind of player. If he's going to go into the tank anyway, might as well do it now. So it was a good good time for him to do that. So you saw uh, that Russ went down with a bit of mallet finger and thought that that was your time to strike. Is that what you're telling us? I did. I did slide straight in and said, "Look, now might be a good time to pick up the discussion because we had been talking about it for a little while." But um, I think he just he just wanted uh, some fair value, which I'm pretty sure he did. I, one part about the trade that you didn't just dis- didn't discuss, Hod, and the best part about it for mine, which I liked, is he said, "Well, but basically, we did the trade." Um, and he said, I'll do the deal if you throw in $26 worth of fab. Yes. And I said, and I said, done deal, mate. Go get Geno Smith. I knew exactly what he was doing. And then yes. sure enough, there he goes and grabbed, uh, grabbed the backup for the next five or six weeks so he can still somewhat compete. It might be one of the it. few times that we see a bid for a waiver wire pickup over $100. It was, uh, yep. it was pretty amazing to see. 
Very <laughs> calculated decision. Yes. Um, and you mentioned sliding there, Keeney. Have, have you learned how to slide into someone's DMs from anyone in particular recently? I'm certainly not motivated to uh, <laughs> replicate that person's sort of intel and uh, actually intel oh, is probably not the word, but uh, <laughs> intentions, should I Intent. say. We'll, uh, we'll maybe get onto that a little bit later, but we'll move on. There was some league trades um, just recently. Zach Ertz off to the cards, which does affect two, two of us in this league. Um, Tim Oss obviously invested in Dallas, Go Dirt from uh, the Eagles. And I, I'm probably guessing he, he gave up a bit of capital for him. So this was always the plan or, or the hope for Timos that Ertz gets shipped off. And once Godert comes back from COVID, he should be a bit of a target hog. And then Scoot, he also traded for Zach Ertz in probably um, in anticipation of this move. And the cards opened up with a slot. So how do we think he will fare, boys? Well, they haven't really had a dominant tight end there for a little while, have they? Um, Maxi with three. I know, I know you'd be you'd be flat about the the porn star Max, um, but uh, no, I mean I'm not sure what Zach Ertz has got left to give. Um, but obviously they obviously rate him. If they, I think they traded a corner and a fifth round pick to go and get him. Um, and I think for Timos, so not only does he have uh, got it, which is really good for him, but he's also obviously got Kyler Murray. So um, whether he's Stack. looking for him a lot, but I, I think that, that helps. Um, it probably helps Kyler throw the ball in the end zone a bit more. Yeah, I think um, at the goal line and stuff like that. So it's a it's a good result. I think that he's still, even though he hasn't been dominant in a few years, I think he still has the ability to stretch the middle of the field. So it's just another weapon for Kyler to spread the ball out a bit. So yeah, I reckon he could be pretty good there, to be honest. Well, I just think also you just you'd love any of your fantasy players to go to the cards. They're just a yeah. High-powered offense, so that's that's probably a better situation for Ertz than in than in Philly with Dotted for sure. So great result for 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 a scooter. Well, Ertz has actually been quite serviceable this year yeah. after last year's disaster. So um, good luck to the both of them. Do you reckon um, they were it, potentially trying to boost his stocks a bit to ship him off? Hmm. He was getting more game time this year than he got I seemingly reckon. last year. Yeah, might yeah. be a bit behind that. Uh, so injuries. We will move on to this delicious. Uh, we'll start with the probables. This order of uh, scheme here, but the Vikings looks good for Timos. All three of them, Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson, are all good to go this week. Um, the ham hock, Benny, the nagging knee. He's uh, looking probable. Yeah, Kareem Hunt. Yeah, sorry, you got. No, you I was just going to say it's. Uh, it was probably the reason why I played. Who Cameron Bright on Thursday night. He was my only other tight end option, and I just don't know what's going on with Hawks knee at the moment. I do. It's nagging. Kareem Hunt <laughs> has the knee and wrist. Uh, he looks good to go, though, with Chubb out, so he could have a big game there. I know Keeney's a little bit nervous about this week and facing Kareem. Uh, Antonio Gibson, this shin, this can't be a stress fracture. We talked about it last week. If he's playing through, it's Definitely can't be that. So I think it's all green lights for Gibson moving forward. Uh, he might just feature on the injury report every week, but that's fine. Uh, Mixon, big smoking Joe. He's healthier now. Receiving the full load this week is the report. I'm not sure how that will work without the P Ryan available, but uh, <laughs> who, was, who knows? <laughs> I was going to say the P Ryan's down and he's still getting the full load. Yeah, the flaccid load. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 
questionables. Not a not a whole lot this week, but an important one for you, Kenny. Scary Terry. It's got a hammy that's popped up. Uh, and as I said, you're a little bit nervous. There's a whiff of upset here for Camo. So we'll hope for you that Scary Terry gets up. There are a number out though. Uh, CMC didn't get up again for the second straight week. Nick Chubb. This is a new one. Uh, can you confirm what it is, Ben? Uh, I thought knee. I will. Yeah, so did I. I um, and then I just second guessed myself going through it. But that popped up. I don't know calf. if it was in the game or calf. calf That's right. Calf, yeah. Not, his, not, one. not his knee, I can confirm now. Baby tails. No, <laughs> not the nagging knee. Uh, that's not a good one. So we'll watch that one for the next week. Uh, Devontae Parker, Hammy out. Uh, Damian Williams. Now, he's out with COVID. And how's the irony with this, boys? He was the first player to opt out last year because of COVID. And now he's copped it. So a <laughs> bit of bad luck there. That is some uh, stiff, stiff work. He might, have, he might have been onto something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of COVID, Dallas Goddard, we talked about he's out at the moment. Hopefully it's just a one-game absence. Uh, and we just got to watch this with the cards, boys. Is The situation there, Cliff Kingsbury, the coach, is now out this week with COVID. And it's reported there's three of them. But uh, I believe there's some protocol that if it's four or more with the team, it goes into some pretty serious territory about um, protocols and missing games. So just watch that one as it runs rampant through one of the first fully vaxxed teams, uh, the cards were. So it's a little bit concerning for everyone involved. Hopefully this doesn't um, turn into anything bigger. Uh, more encouraging news though, the returning players. Keeney, you get some good news here. Rashad Bateman, you're high on him. Uh, took him second round, end of first. Well, Camo did. I traded for him after Camo right. did, but yeah. That's right. I am. Car- uh, career debut. And this, uh, Sammy Watkins, the snaps have been disappearing recently. And I think Bateman might come in. On, he might be on a snap count, but he, he'll come in and be that X receiver for Baltimore, which they drafted him to be and what they haven't had for a while um, with Hollywood Brown being that deep stretcher. So could be a, could be a nice little opportunity there for Bateman and another one of yours, Tua, the ribs. He's, he's traveling to London. Looks like he's going to start. Jarvis Landry back from IR and Julio should get up for this week for Timos and Team 84. So there we go, boys. There's the extensive. injuries. Mm. Very extensive, very rap. large. Very large. Let's move on to uh, just an update Boy. with the Eliminator pool. Another one bites the dust. Ooh, which does mean that we have gone this week from six people in the Eliminator pool down to five as the DFF bites the dust. He uh, put his stock in the San Diego Demons to get the job done against the legal team, I think it was, and they went down by six points. So uh, not to, yeah, he's, he's no longer part of the competition. We're down to five members. He hasn't had a great week, the DFF. He, he really hasn't. Uh, the, the low score in both the EDL and TMD for the week and knocked out of the Eliminator pool. And he just copped a barrage of abuse from Scoot all week. He, he needs to find something. Uh, I, you put that in past tense. I think it's copping. He, it, I have oh, no sorry, doubt yeah, that this will continue right up and, <laughs> and throughout the week as well. Um, so we are down to five. I can reveal the members who are still in the... Punishers, we've got Prestige Worldwide, we've got the Humdingers, we've got the Straight Cash Homies, and we've got the Park City Lions all still rolling. Uh, and I can also reveal the breakdown this week. Four of the five 
uh, on the Park City Lions to get up against the Humdingers. And one person who may be myself, uh, because I picked the Park City Lions last week, I'm on the Bayside Executioners to get it done against the DFF, and I'm very nervous. Well, I'll tell you what, though. This is a genuine opportunity to see how much Benjamin loves cash. He could throw the matchup against Hod to ensure himself a hundred large if <laughs> Scooter gets up. I love this dynamic. Well, both of us have skin in this competition and Hod's actually on me to win. So if I try and throw the game, I've already got a player who scored 5.6. So if I try and make everyone else a zero, <laughs> well. Hod can then go his entire team a zero and I will win 5.6 to zero. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that's the spirit, but anyway. I'm not. I'm not convinced. If you sat everyone, I'd still win. <laughs> but, but um, if I just want to mention something while you were bringing up the DFF, there it has been a rough week, and I'll just add some insight from him that shows us where he's at. This is from him the other day. He said, "A bit of podcast gold for you boys." I thought Mike Brady was Joe Brady. <laughs> and you were actually getting the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers on to thank me for transforming. He's wrote transferring Donald's <laughs> career. So he's what he's listened to that whole thing, thinking it's the wrong bloke. He's traveling very well. Well, we'll, we'll get to uh, reviewing how he went last week, but that doesn't surprise me that he didn't even take note of who it was. Cause it sure as hell didn't <laughs> give him the bloody rev up that we thought it would. But uh We'll move on from the Eliminator Pool and we'll move to another recurring segment in Saquon Watch. And I suppose Saquon Watch probably is more suited with this music. Goodbye, my lover. Goodbye, my friend. You have been the one. Yep. You have been Saquon, the one it did not look pretty. He's not out for the season by any means, so... Uh, there is still a chance for him to continue to move up the rankings, but he was already starting behind the eight ball. He then just on an innocuous stepping on another player's foot, rolled his ankle. Did you guys see the picture of it? It was very large, and that was within like five minutes of it happening. It's ridiculous. Mm, um, yeah, it's gross. So, I don't know. Hod, you probably have a bit more expertise in these sort of like injury returns I see it as if he comes back in two to three weeks he probably still won't have the ability to cut which is a huge part of his game um, and therefore I guess limiting his scoring potential and they've got they've got four more weeks until they're by so I just see them probably taking him leaving easy. him for four weeks by week give him five weeks and then bring him back after the buy that seems pretty logical the only um medical input I'll give is it's the sprain that you want. It's on the lateral side. It is the quickest recovery. Uh, so, yeah, although the swelling looks pretty horrendous, that's just the inflammatory response and he'll he'll probably bounce back pretty quickly, I reckon. See, that, that's why we always go to the resident Tom Brown here. He can he comes up with terms like inflammatory response and, and it just it fills <laughs> you with confidence that we can uh, review these injuries, you know, accurately. But Tom Brown is very inflamed as a human, but he's not. <laughs> can you? That's can about you, it. Have you got the tweet he put out the other day? That was ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, but I'm pretty sure most of Papa's commentary after this was they were inflamed responses as well. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, was the guy. He was fired up. I I'm think I did on that. And flat as attack. But let's move on to our oh. reviews. 
What was that? I heard something, then I saw something. You didn't hear anything, man. And we'll kick off the reviews this week with the haircuts and punishes. And Hod, you've got this game. I do. Speaking of the flat tack himself, he went down to the Unitas haircuts and, um, yeah, didn't didn't he feel it? And we all felt it, actually. But, well, uh, Manny's taken on the um, the request or our um, what we're seeking from everyone with the doc, and he has given us some huge notes here. So bear with me, but I love oh, it, good. Manny. I love good. it. So I'm just I'm going to actually just read word for word here. Um, yeah. This is this is, this is Manny. Is. That's what they call Ron, me, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> I'll put some question Try marks and- in there just in case. <laughs> I'll try and add some inflections, shall I? But I feel dirty after that win. What should have been a regulation loss turns on its head when Callaway catches a Hail Mary, then the two Giants go down in the same drive. Papa was texting when he was up by 60 saying he was in trouble. That Doesn't that just sound like Papa, it's, though? Exactly. It? It's, uh turns out he was right. Mark Andrews turning on the Jets just hides the fact that this was one of the great regular season fantasy matchups of all time. Wilson injury was an interesting byline too. Uh, just on that, the two giants, um, the DFFs, he's sneaking into the DMs here uh, a couple of times this week. And he just wanted me to mention that uh, Sam Darnold, the beloved Sam Darnold, did outscore Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. So he just wanted to <laughs> throw that little jab in there for Papa. Oh, um, who, needs, who needs context with content like that? <laughs> Big Sammy D's flying. It was uh, it was a huge turning point game in the complexion of the season, Manny reckons, with the haircuts holding Papa's first-round pick for next year, the win and injuries given Papa uh, heads into the bye weeks with no quarterback depth. Could be a game-changer. I'm loving this. Uh, third point and final point. Sensible haircuts have gone from a running back laughing stop to options coming out of their eyeballs. <laughs> Bolden, or a.k.a. Bolton, establishing himself as a pinch hitter. Booker to get some time as an RB1 in New York. Sanders can only improve. And the Piran gaining some momentum when Mixon is injured despite COVID. Could just mean the haircuts shock a few more teams on the run home. A team openly shipping out assets and rebuilding is 3-2 and two with some weird-looking emoji. Anyone want to comment on that, boys? He is travelling all right for a team that's thrown the towel in. Yeah, no, he's well. going okay. He's going okay. It'd be, yeah, I think the the Wilson one's obviously pretty significant, and obviously he's traded him out. But um, yeah, Geno Smith and Ben Roth, I just can't get my head around how that's going to be viable going forward. But I suppose the rest of his squad's going okay. Do we think um, that that the trade on uh, rookie draft night is getting a bit closer? So just to refresh, it was Tariq Cohen who's been out all year. He's been on IR all year, which has been a bit of a shame. But um, Miles Sanders and Mark Andrews for mm-hmm. Sutton and Jamar Chase. Now, Mark Andrews is 40, tight end two quite comfortably burger. and put awesome. up a little 40 burger, a bit of recency bias, but um, that's starting to even up a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's looking pretty good. Sanders is is not getting the work to worry. Um, that I'm, Manny would have been hoping for. I, he brought up the point of his RB2 position after our commentary last week, and we were shocked that he took old reliable Bolden out of the lineup. I think he got itchy feet and felt probably sorry for him, put him back in, and the irony is he scored five, and his other RBs just went off. Booker with 19, P. Ryan with a 16, 
even Mac with a little sneaky 5.9 there as well. And mm. Freeman with a 5. Like, he, he really is. He's gone from literally having no options to options galore. The ultimate trial would have been if he played Devontae Booker against Barkley and then that oh. happened. Oh, oh, yeah. I did message Manny about that. Um, but anyway, it, it wouldn't have mattered because here's Papa's input. Like, you go from absolute contrast to contrast here because Papa's given nothing as per usual, but it's it's a very emotional, uh, very um, emotional. input. So get the expletives uh, ready here, Ben, because right, there is a few. And remember, please put the explicit rating in. But Papa says, fuck fantasy. The injury bug has caught me with my pants down. <laughs> the haircuts wide receiver group is outstanding. So he has thrown some little positive in there for Manny. And then back to him. The punishers need to embrace their failures and lift. But Papa, um, upon reflection, because I've talked to him a bit this week, he has definitely endeavoured not to take fantasy too seriously. Firstly, boys, do you do you believe that for one second? Not in the slightest. No, and you, uh, look, you you two are close, Ben. Let's let's be honest. Bum buddies in this league. So I just think when someone is as passionate as he is about fantasy, uh, it clearly affects his mood. He didn't want to even put a a video up for our punters club this week. He was that flat. Um, I just think as much as he might not want it to control his emotions in his life, it it will and it does. Well, look, mental health is you know it's important and the awareness is as high as ever. So. He said this was a real awakening this week and he's just going to take the foot off the gas a bit and just not take everything so seriously because his health is a priority moving forward. So good luck to him with that. He may have actually been uh, got a bit lucky with Daniel Jones as well. Looks like he, he might be okay and ready to suit up and leave big long neck, long neck Mike Lennon on the oh, sidelines oh, for another week. Goose, goose neck Glennon. <laughs> My God, that, that guy's neck is ridiculous. He's got his <laughs> shoulder pads and then about a meter and then his bonts. Um, it didn't look good, though. That If you saw the Daniel Jones uh, concussion or KO at the time, did you see him get up and try and walk off on his own? It, well, it was some, like the, some would argue that that's just how he's been his whole career. Well, it, was almost, it, was remin- it was reminiscent of when he, when he found the hole and was going straight to the <laughs> fucking end zone. I suppose, like, in the referee's defense, they, they did sort of check on him. They looked him in the eyes and thought, no, he looks about the same as always, cross-eyed, uh, and then let him go, and then he stumbled <laughs> off on his own. <laughs> Jason Garrett's just on the sideline clapping. <laughs> good job, good run. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's move on to the next matchup. It uh, it was the Grouse moves to five and zero against the Gym City Stallions, who dropped to one and four, one hundred sixty one to one hundred twenty five in the end. It was probably oh a little bit closer than that. Uh, a bit of junk time from Jonathan Taylor in that uh, Colts game blew this margin out a little bit. A few notes from this one. I tell you, uh, facing Jim, um, I was watching the Philly game. Um, and thought, gee, Jalen Hurts is having a stinker here. He was on about one or something at halftime. Um, he is a beast for fantasy. He just, in, in the junk time, he just turns it on, whether it's um, rushing or or being able to pass in when they're down. Um, he just consistently churns out 20s. Um, so um, it's a pretty handy kind of asset to to own. The biggest, obvious, obviously, the biggest question is, do the Eagles want to persist with him going forward? I think we touched on that one last week, but I think it's a genuine concern or a genuine question to ask um, about Philly. Do you guys have a thought on 
kind of what his outlook looks like long-term with Philly? Well, there's already a report that his inaccuracies throwing the ball have already put his career at question for next year. Um, That's not, yeah, it's not ideal for him moving forward. As and we've we've already said it, fantasy success does not correlate with his uh, his outlook on his career there. Um, so yeah, it's not looking great. Yeah, mm. I mean, I liken his performances a little bit to Tim Tebow when he was getting starts, put up fantastic fantasy numbers, but you know, as an organization, they were just never fully behind him. He even took him to a playoff win. It was never pretty when he did it. And I'm getting similar vibes from Hertz when you watch him play. Like you said, Keeney, last week he was almost on negative points up until halftime, wasn't he? And then just yeah. pulled out two rushing touchdowns and actually salvaged um, a little bit. But yeah, it's, and he didn't look great on the Thursday night game as well. So we'll have to watch this space carefully. Well, he may just have to become a converted tight end. Who knows? Um a couple of other points in this one. Austin Eckler, he's been massive for me, uh, running back two on the year. And I reckon the first player ever to be pushed into the end zone by the opposition. I don't know if, you've, if you guys saw that um, happening live, but it was pretty incredible. I'm not sure why they handed it off in the first place, but the fact that the Browns just got behind him and just pushed him in. Uh, it, was, it was actually our contest, me and Jim's contest was really close at that point. So I wasn't complaining when it happened. But positively for Jim, I reckon Davis Mills has been getting better and better each week. He's sitting on Jim's taxi squad. Nice little stash for mine at the moment. Took him in the third round. And he you never know. The, the Texans might just stick with him because um, he's, he's looked okay. He's had a shaky first couple of weeks. But um, on the weekend, he looked good. So if that can turn out to be a genuine QB option for Jim, that's a really good result. Um, Jim's thoughts on this one. He needed a bit more out of his wide receiver group. They were a bit down. Um, and as I kind of touched on, it was a pretty close contest until Jonathan Taylor um, kind of ripped out a long screen pass uh, against the Ravens. And then uh, Jim's words, not mine, but Keno is a big threat this year. Oh boy. That is that is so weird because that those words are not on the notes here. That's just thrown in by <laughs> Keeney. <laughs> um, very good. But I would agree there. He's uh, I think the, the power of love may have a say on that a bit later. But we'll move on to... The Bayside Executioners sitting at a very healthy one and four versus Team 84, the straight cash homies at three and two. Now, you guys said this before, currently three and two sitting out of the playoffs. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Wow. That's uh, that's how good your division is going. Um, but the straight cash homies score of 160 plus, very healthy, uh, carried by skill position players. Kamara, 26, Evans, 26, Claypool, 21. Metcalf 24 and Pittman stepping up for 17. All of this while his two QBs combined for 26 with Murray and Tannehill. So it was, uh, that's not really how you'd expect it to go. And I just want to talk about Claypool there. Now with Juju going down, um, I don't know if you saw this, boys, but as soon as he went down, they started moving Claypool all over the formation. So this could be a real positive sign for Timos, um, depending on how long Juju's out. But he's no longer just sitting on the outside. Um, might move around everywhere. I reckon. Uh, I reckon he's announced he's out for the year. Um, I'm pretty sure he put uh, some sort of piece together for all the fans at Pittsburgh. Because remember, really? he signed a one-year yeah, it's a deal. One year deal. He signed a one-year deal at the end of last year when he had some interest from the Chiefs. Um, and I'm pretty sure he's announced that he's out for the year. So he had a few words. I don't know if that means he's leaving at the end of the year, but um, it sure kind of looks that way at the moment. 
Yeah, I'm, it was a long signing. I think it took a while to get him signed last time, so I would have thought so. Yeah, you're right. It does. I've just read it. Fights back tears and delivers heartfelt message after season-ending injury. So, yep, big call. Apparently, he delivered it on TikTok too, so that was good. Yeah, well, he was yeah, in nice. the middle of the field. Well, you can <laughs> do it again. You can tell that the three members on this podcast aren't on TikTok because that one slipped through the injury list. But anyway, oh, yeah. going into the, going into the matchup, uh, the straight cash homies had the edge at QB, but it was the QB room for the Bayside Executioners who won the day. Winston 25 and Teddy two gloves with a solid 18 on return from concussion there. So outside of Devontae and Madison, who filled in for Cook very nicely, um, they were both outstanding, but it was slim pickings uh, for the executioners. Uh, No other real good performances from the squad. And hasn't hasn't Scoop put Kenny Golladay under fire here? He has received an official warning and has been put on notice. If he doesn't stand up, I believe the guillotine may be turned on to his own players, not just other league members. Yeah, well, Golladay was another um, injury that the Giants copped as well. I think he had a, a hyperextension at one point during the game. So that one went a bit under the radar during the, the game, but I think it came out at the end. But he hasn't had a good run at the Giants, that's for sure. Hmm. Um, and just a few comments here. Well, only from Tim's side, actually. Uh, don't know where's. Scoot's uh, disappeared to this week. We should actually check on him. Um, who knows what uh, condition he might have in his old age. But Tim, with a few returns of serve from Scoot's comments last week, the only mirror I need is the divorce mirror. Good boy, Timos. Uh, you should take a leaf out of Presti's book and never talk in the group chat. Even the DFF makes more sense than you. That's isn't that an outstanding uh, parallel he's just drawn for the two tiny genius minds of the league? And has anyone seen one of Scoot's cute little gifts lately? No, because he is shite. That's the last whack from Timos. So, Manny, it's interesting because Manny's taken taken the uh, advice last week and put some real content into the notes about the games and what's transpired. And, and Timos is using it as a platform to just serve absolute bombs onto his opponents. So it's interesting how the league takes the platform and the dock, Ben. That's true. I, um, I'll i take that, though, because three dot points out of Timos is, is well above average from his usual one That's just to actually true. tick a box each week. We'll move on to the next game. The Prestige Worldwide uh, defeated the Humdingers, sending them to 0-5. Uh, it was a fairly comprehensive win in the end. You just managed to crack 100 Last week, Hod, 104 to 179. I think Thay's had the largest score of the round. His team's doing very nicely at the moment. And uh, Matt, just sticking to his traditional one dot point per review of a game, and this is the only thing he had to say, is that Josh Allen still sucks. Carista's nipples. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey them, they're Thay's words, not mine. Hold on, that's not on. <laughs> I've had to deal with enough with this bloke. And now I'm taking bloody insults to the wife, the old ball and chain, to the areolas. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that is sick. good nation. Oh. All right, let's straighten up. Uh, Hod actually gave some insight here. He said, talent always beats situation. The dingers literally greened out going into week five. Uh, too much smoking the reefer, apparently, in that greening out there. The dingers don't know where the end zone is. Five TDs on the week versus 13. Well... That's always going to have a difference of 75 points, usually. Uh, averaging 4.6 touchdowns for per week from 10 starters. Is that your team, Hod, is it? 
That is correct. It's it's they've got a phobia of the end zone. They've got the Danny Dimes concussion or the getting tripped up by the big earthworm as he approaches the end zone every week. That's yeah. Not love the earthworm. <laughs> not fun oh, watching that. And solid Jesus. play with the Bengali stack, but always going to be mm. difficult knowing which wide receiver will have the big week. Uh, most likely Chase, but Sutton on the bench may intervene from week to week. Um yeah, there's, there's mm. not a lot to say in this. Matt's team had a very decent output. Uh, Corey Davis, obviously one of his lowlights, but putting up 180. Oh, and Darren Waller not having a usual monster game. But the good thing about Thayer's team is uh, he's got plenty of players that can step up. Josh Allen's 36, very nice. A decent score from Dak, Gibson, Henderson. They're all fired and really not a lot to take away from you, Hod, other than Debo Samuels looking like a bit of a bright spot for your team this year. And Carson Wentz actually... Had a decent game. I think him staying healthy is a win for your lineup. Well, there, there's you made a point earlier about um, fantasy versus real life. Carson Wentz was outstanding in that game, he and was. and then you look at Jalen Hurts, and he still beat him in fantasy quite comfortably. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no absolutely. no correlation there. All right, let's move on to the next game, Keeney. I, I will, but before I do, just I, I note your third point was interesting to me, the Bengali stack. Now, we don't have any crystal balls or uh, grapevines, but I wonder if Thais is looking to split that stack up. How much longer can he go on trying to choose whether to start Chase or Higgins or both? Anyway, that's just one for the memory bank. But let's move on to the San Diego Demons, dropping this one to two and three up against, and we need to give this man a bit of love. OJ's legal team. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. This guy is the defending champ. He's flying under the radar. And I had a little bit of a chat with him during the week and he's bang on. People just want to, you know, tip something different and everyone loves the shiny new toy, but uh, old faithful defending champ. No one wants to talk about him, but he's four and one. And I think he's third for points scored. So he's going beautifully at the moment. This one was 154 to 148. So I think Camo needed uh, Hollywood Brown to score about 35 in that last game. And he put up at 29. So it got a little tight for for Jake's liking. But um, look, Camo, all respect here. Full credit to the defending champs. Point number two, Justin Herbert. Wow. And I will mention he put up a 42.8, which ranks uh, number eight in individual scoring over the last two years for our for our league. So eighth highest individual score. Um wow, maybe that maybe he is the next Mahomes. We talked about it last mm. week and definitely outperformed geez, him this uh, week. He is flying and and we touched on this as well, but he's his third comment was why did I trade Mike Williams? <laughs> Imagine if he uh he loaded up on all the charges blokes, he'd be flying at the moment. But uh what a trade from OJ's legal team to grab Mike Williams. Um, just just while you you just mentioned those words, the next Mahomes, I just had uh, a bit of a flashback. Didn't wasn't there some commentary from a certain league member about a recently drafted quarterback that got the comparison to Patrick Mahomes in the early draft process? Does anyone recount that? It'd be Zach Wilson, wouldn't it? That is correct. And how is the next Mahomes? I'll tell you how good the next Mahomes is going. As good as the next Gronk. The stack of Wilson and Cole Komet is riveting. <laughs> are you are you saying that the DFF claimed he would be the next Mahomes? 
I look, I'd have to dig through real Tom Brown style. I'd have to go back through the notes and uh, work out what exactly was said, but I know there was a comparison thrown in there uh, at some stage. So anyway, that was just a little tidbit. I thought uh, of as you were speaking. Uh, Love looking up a good old receipt. Benny's got one, I reckon. No, no, this is not a receipt. Just going back to the uh, the Mike Williams, as you said, like that would have been just a dominant stack to have so far this year. But just to run you through some stats here. So, Camo had him last year. He played 15 games. He scored 129 fantasy points. He's played five games this year and he scored 100.6 so far. So, he is 29 points off in only five games. Uh it's ridiculous. He his stats Incredible. are 471 yards off, 31 catches, and six tutties so far in oh. five games. Very nice. So, well, if you if you're blowing up those stats, then where are they coming from? Because Keen and Allen mustn't be having the year he is. Because Austin Eckler's also dominating. He'd probably be well above where he was last year. So, I'm just throwing this out there. It has to be Keen and Allen. Um, Hunter Henry was there last year as well, I suppose. Yeah, no tight end. So, no tight end play. I think the offense has just and I think, yeah. risen a little and bit And I think too. Herbert has stepped up a bit more than last yep, year, I'm which uh, is amazing. I've got a man crush on that coach. I reckon he's a gun. Yeah. I just, love everything, he, I just love everything he says. Yep. Yeah, he does He does hold himself well in front of the mic. I saw a press conference recently. Anyway, we'll just um, we'll finish this game off now. Jake's thoughts on this one. He's <laughs> rightfully said, thank fuck Herbert was thrown to Mike Williams because mm. if he wasn't, he was in big trouble. I think he, what did he have? Four throwing touchdowns and, and a couple rushing. of them went to Williams yeah. and a rushing. So um, he was lucky he had that little blocker um, in that game. Uh, another point, I was very fortunate that my former players, Fant and Cooks, didn't have great games. And he uh, referenced the fantasy guys just looking after in that one. And then just a real kind of circle jerk to finish the proceedings here. The Demons are a fantastic team within the EDL, led by a great owner. I have a feeling we may cross paths again later on in the year. That is uh, real Dutch rudder sort of stuff uh, <laughs> from Jake, but uh, that's okay. Good on him. No, I just feel in the love, I think, in this league. You know, just went into the matchup with some mutual respect and walked away with some mutual respect, and it was a close match, as we mentioned, only six points between them. And Jake Carr ripping out a 154 is pretty decent considering Derek Carr only scored 7.2 and Heineke scored 9.9, so... Uh, and that, very, very nice. That actually just reminded me that uh, it was it was the San Diego Demons' highest ever score, which I referenced earlier on mm. in the week, and same with Johnny Unitas. So congratulations to both of them for uh, topping their highest ever score. And Great effort. Couldn't have a better segue, could we? Because we move on to the Park City Lions defeating the DFF, and and we were <laughs> expecting big things from the DFF. We we tried to speak it into existence last week because um, I think the you know it's great for the league when the, if the if uh, we have to say if, because I don't know if it's even a win. The DFF is up and about. He was projected to score in the 130s, 140s, somewhere in that range. He rips out 87, his lowest score in the year. And we bloody, we forked out some cash. We got Mike bloody Brady Mike. in. We tried to make it the real grand final feel. And, and I just feel that his, uh, his message to you, Hod, tells me that he didn't even listen and take in the fact that Mike Brady was singing this heartfelt, customized song for the DFF. Um, and he just didn't take any of it in, and it clearly showed with an 87. Uh, not that it would have made much of a difference. I think uh, there was a period during this matchup where, you know, Mahomes not scoring very well gave uh, the DFF a sniff, but then Darnold has his worst game of the season. Zach Wilson shit the bed. 
uh, Cole Beasley shit the bed. I mean, there's a lot of shitting of the bed in this, and you know, I think Scoots put up a few pictures of Sam Darnold's pants this week, and a few, and it reflects uh, how his team went. Clyde had that injury. What was officially the injury in the end? MCL? No. Yeah. Was it? Yep. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he did not look happy when it happened. Um, and yeah, not not an awful lot to talk about here. I think Lamar sort of just comfortably put me in the box seat with a forty-one this week, which I will not uh, complain about. It wasn't it wasn't a great week for the cartoons, was it? Uh, he put up the Sam Darnold cartoon and then the Clyde Edwards Alaire cartoon, comparing him to Lamar Jackson's cartoon. Wow, we was that an zero and three operation from the DFF this week? <laughs> yeah, just to match his zero and five record on the season. Um, yeah, look, his QBs combined for 14, as I said. Um, and if you flip those numbers around, that's what Lamar scored in 41. So not really going to help his team out an awful lot. So this is Steph's takeaway. I'll, I'll read you through because he put in some <laughs> dot points. Uh, he actually did give it some thought. He said, injuries cost me the win. So he's convinced that the injuries were the only thing that held him back from not only cracking 100, but apparently getting the win. Nothing to do with the game, but let's just rewind, Benny boy. Let's take a trip down memory lane. Did you provide a counteroffer to me of Duke Johnson for Beasley? I did. You're right. Um, So just to fill in the listeners, so Steph with his... um, uh, who went down? Was it Akers went down with the Achilles at the start of the year? He was just sort of fishing for some players. Duke Johnson didn't have a team at the time. Uh, he's only 27 years old. He had a bit of upside. So Steph's gone fishing there. Oh, I tried to counter with, you know, a player like a Cole Beasley just as a starting block. And then Steph did his typical, no, no, no. I want it on my terms. Don't you dare throw players in that I haven't considered putting up for trade. So I will review, Steph, your point there in that you were so steadfast about Cole Beasley. Um, what did he score? He had one catch for five yards, so he barely outperformed a bloke that didn't even play a snap. So you're right. No, it was it was probably a good thing that you held off on that trade there. Um, we'll move on, though. Beasley, the top 100 player in the NFL this year. That's good. Good for him. Is he? Apparently. For a guy who wasn't on a roster and still isn't on a roster, congratulations, Ben. You're as bad a negotiator as Tim. Maybe borrow his calculator you invented. It's, it's some interesting <laughs> takeaways there from Steph. Um, I like it. I like the passion. It's good passion. It's good passion. But maybe also just think about how trades work, Steph, next time and that when someone throws out something, don't just be insulted by it, but maybe just say how far off they are in a certain area if that's not what you're feeling. But that's fine. We will move on. He finishes with, I don't think the Park City Lions have what it takes to win it all. A bit unbalanced and aging, but good luck, Ben, with the down thumb emoji. So, (laughs) I know Steph's intention here is to get under my skin, but to be honest, when when a bloke who is Owen fucking 48 or whatever he is in about uh, two leagues says that I don't have what it takes to win it all. I'll, uh, I'll back in the advice from a bloke that doesn't even know how to win a fucking game, mate. I'm, I'm glad he didn't get under your skin. Yes, exactly. I think he's uh, achieved what he wanted. I, I was watching him. They call me the teleprompter. I can tell you better not pre-read that. <laughs> his face was radiant in disgust. Flat so, as a biscuit. Well, pl- well played, DFF. Apologies for the language. I was a bit slow on the uh, on the swear button. There we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, just missed that one by a little bit. But let's move on to the power rankings and see if the DFF has what it takes. That's the power of love. That's the power of love. 
And I have Sandra Salty. Pretty strong feeling I know where the DFF's gonna rank here, but let's let's hear Keeney from that bottom <laughs> thirdrant. Yeah, well we, I'll start off with the bottom thirdrant and um in at number twelve we've got the hum dingers. Ooh. I still think I still think that's a bit stiff. Um number eleven is the DFF, but as you referred to earlier, Ben. Two and fifteen all time somehow doesn't sit number twelve on the power rankings. Anyway, was outscored um, was outscored by almost twenty points from the Humdingers. You're lucky. Yeah, just You're lucky, Steph. Appreciate you, boys. No, ludicrous. Anyway, um, number ten, just the one position change down to number ten for Jim City Stallions. I think a few on this podcast think that may be a touch unlucky, but. Uh, Number nine comes in with the Bayside Executioners who um, who's lifted from number 10 to number number nine. So the bottom thirdrant of the four teams with one or fewer wins on the season. I just checked, boys. I'm 10 points behind the DFF to get off the bottom. So here we come, dingers. Uh, the middle thirdrant. Uh, we have the San Diego Demons uh, dropping a spot here. Uh, put up a solid 148. So sits two and three, top of the division um, <laughs> with the Johnny Unitas haircuts on the tank job, moving up a spot. What is going on here <laughs> into seventh? Um, the straight cash homies down a spot to sixth and the oh. same with the punishers. Ooh, so that no. can only mean one thing that someone looking for a bit of media street in the last few weeks may have jumped up Keeney. So can we can we confirm that two weeks ago Papa's Punishers was second on the power ranking and since that time has plummeted back yeah. into the middle third and couldn't handle it. But that's okay because he's not taking it as serious anymore. So he'll be fine. Bit of a goo goo dolls <laughs> slide moment right there for the Punishers. I, I like your <laughs> I like your comment at the start there, Hod. Just uh, I think you said it's about getting the dingers off the bottom. Any uh <laughs> Have you got any experience in that area? I just don't know whether to re- where to recycle them. Just, I don't know what's going on. So we'll move into the top third rent. We have, Oof. as we alluded to, there's been a bit of movement here and, and really Oof. this is the only movement, the OJ's legal team. Uh, you pointed out, Keeney, that sliding under the radar for most people, I think people are on alert now. He moves up two spots from sixth to fourth in the power rankings. He's sitting four and one. He's scoring very nicely. Uh, and he has rightfully moved up into that spot, which does mean that uh, at third spot, the Prestige Worldwide at four and one are sitting there. Park City Lions staying at number two at four and one. I can confirm that it was extremely close for second and third. Uh, so it, the gaps are closing, and then the Grouse still sitting number one, five and zero, oh, absolutely flying. Oh, I said it with all due respect. That, no, that doesn't mean you get to say whatever you want to say to me. You, sure, you, sure as heck does. No, no, it doesn't it's mean in that. the Geneva Convention. Look it up. Not- and we move into this week's previews uh, brought to you by John Gruden's incognito web browser. No filters, no worries. And start off with our first game, which is the Grell, the D's, the old D-boys. We could have a little... Uh, could have a little Hod said we should do some sound effects or some songs for when people play and their teams. This could be the this could be the one that just oh, gets yeah. this game oh, up yeah. and about. I might have this just playing subtly in the background. Bangers. Everyone now just pumping their fists no matter where they are listening to this. Driving, going on a walk, who knows? Hopefully some simultaneous fisting at the same time. <laughs> Righto, digger. Uh, we- <laughs> 
and we will. Bit, bit slow on the beeping of that one too. Jeez. No, nothing rude about that at all, mate. Just where your mind took it. The Grouse sitting at 5-0, and oh, taking on the San Diego Demons at 2-3. and three, And this will be a nice game. And Keeney has already alluded in classic D supporter fashion. He's just a bit nervous about this matchup. Doesn't matter how much his team is flying. He just feels that there is a sniff and a whiff of upset speciality. Let's see how the league uh, reviewed this match. 91% to 9%. I can confirm that the 9% to come out is from Keeney. Just trying to reverse Moz there. Uh, and uh, Can I say I'm genuinely concerned about it? I know you are. Uh, I, I'm, I know yeah. you're not taking the piss. You are concerned. and We'll get into that a little bit, but... Uh, Sleepers and John Gruden's incognito web browser projections have got you winning by 18 points at this stage, which is a 75% win rate, according to them. So, uh, Keeney's takeaways here is a, it is a whiff of an upset. Kareem Hunt is your big concern here. Obviously, Chubb officially being ruled out. I also agree. I think that Kareem Hunt could have an absolute field day in this matchup uh, with no one there to vulture anything. What about Dearnest? Can he pop up and score some points? Well, I think in a moment when we review another team, we might have to have a Dearnest conversation about how that running back room is looking because it is not pretty. But uh, Daryl Williams <laughs> is just getting a massive bump at the moment with Clyde going out. He was actually looking decent with Clyde even in, so now not even having to worry about splitting carries there. Javante, a big chance to have a breakout game, and wouldn't that be fitting if the player that Keeney dished off to the Demons was one of the reasons why he lost his first matchup of the year. That would be just a great storyline. Dawson Knox, <laughs> and this hurts me to read this because I knew that you wanted him as a bit of a kicker in the uh, in the Kittle deal, and I, I had big hopes for Dawson Knox, and I didn't want to give him up at the time, but I thought it's probably good to get that deal over the line. He is he's doing all right, and he's getting his debut for the Grouse this week. Not bad for tight end three of the season, as Keeney likes to put, but... Uh, Mate, just picking my pockets, trying to get Kittle off your hands and taking Dawson Knox, it pisses me off just a little bit. I'm getting, that That might be the theme of this episode is just pissed off Parker. Angry Ben. Um, or plenty, a, a sore tight end. A sore tight end. <laughs> sore spot. Uh, plenty of respect for the Demons, as always. Keeney has and Camo's EDL team. He just, he brings a lot to the table. Couldn't wish for more with a league member. I've got to throw it out there. It's been a while, but I got a trade request from Camo, so he still he still loves to float him around. You actually read that part wrong. I, I wrote it as plenty of respect for the demons and Camo's EDL team. <laughs> Sorry. Up the D's. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> Can't leave that zinger on the table, can we? Camo's uh, no. uh Camo's takeaway from this game, and I'm I'm glad he sees it the same way as us. Battle of the Bum Buddies, as he put it. He's I've just done a copy and paste job of his review notes as well. Justin Herbert, wow. And how far the grouse. He's trying to do this shit again. He did this with the the Lions. He's done it with a few other teams. He's he's just trying to really use the notes here to uh, to swing the favours his way. And he's finished it off with lock in your eliminator pick. So he's really trying to do the reverse moles on you here, Kenny. Well, I'm glad no one's listened to him because no one has picked me this week, I think, very, very wisely. But speaking of teams that people have picked, the Park City Lions, I think, what, four of the five have picked you, Ben? That is correct. Um, they come up against the Hum Dingers this week. Um, pretty one-sided projections here. Thanks again to John Gruden's incognito web browser. No filter, no worries. But 
What's the what have we got here? Ninety eight percent according to John, um, and a hundred percent according to the league. So pretty much bang on. Uh, they're not giving you much of a hope, Hod. It doesn't matter, mate. I'd always listen to John Gruden over these schmucks. Two <laughs> percent chance. Well, um, you, you are catching a bit of a break here with Park City. Some of his depth pieces, or sorry, some of his depth will need to come into play here. The big chubs out. Um, Judy and Kittle obviously on IR. Ayuk and Carter both on by as well. So calling upon a few reserves this week. Obviously, uh, protection is not important at the Lions. Chubb out <laughs> against the Dingers. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> Very good. Wow. And I can't really even go to my go-to sound effect for Chubb this week. It's just followed by... That's, that's what I'm feeling downstairs at the moment. Jesus. It's actually a really good call. Um, and, and also, in the same week that he's... Uh, was it Benny Snell? So his Snelly Chubb has, has been dropped. So it's a, it's a real flat week for the for the Park City Lions. No Lions, more Snelly but, Chubb. Um, no more Snelly Chubb, but uh, that's okay. We can move on. Um, it's always going to be tough hod for you this week, I think, but I didn't actually realise you started Boston Scott. I just figured you hadn't had a player play for you this week, but uh, the big <laughs> the big doughy for Boston hasn't helped at all. Run me through that start, please. Well, if you keep reading forward, you might get a little bit of notes on it. <laughs> well, let's not, not let's not uh, let's not trample on it then. I'll keep going. <laughs> I'll keep going. But um, <laughs> a good sign for Ben Khalil Herbert, and he looked good last week, sharing carries with Damien Williams. And now, um, one would presume he gets the job this week with Williams being out. But um, a nice fourth round rookie pick from you, Ben, um, and he gets his gets his start in the Park City Lions this week. So. Um, I think he looked pretty good, so that that looks like a really nice pick at this stage. How's that DFF uh, for the old aging team, mate? Exactly. How's the youth? How's coming the youth through? coming through? What a youth system! Now, according to Hod, this is a real David v Goliath battle. Uh, three exclamation points! Hod, I don't know you like when I read it out in its fullest rather than just going <laughs> off the top, but. Uh, he would love to have been available to choose from in the eliminator himself. But unfortunately, he doesn't. Um, no, no, oh, wait, that, no, that's that me. Was a, that, was a, that was a shot at uh, the host here, the hostess with the mostess. He does not have the joys of picking himself this week. Well, as I touched on at the top, I'm, I'm, I'm wary of what Ben's going to do in this one. But I actually think he'd rather get the W than, than stuff around with the uh, – although, man, he loves cash, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, if there is a deficiency at the Park City line, it has to be in the tight end room. Definitely a little lighter on with Kittle uh, on IR. I think he's got two or three more weeks to go. Um, still <laughs> still has the ham hock, but not much after that with Brayton. I think he started Cameron Brayton yesterday, Ben. I did. Um, and old Eric the Eel Ebron. Um, has there been any sliding into the Dingers DMs? I know he likes his tight end room and he's gesturing for to fucking give him a call, mate. Oh, give him a buzz. He's <laughs> got some Maxi Williams. I, can I have Dawson Knox back? What another <laughs> another ironic thing would be if you got Big Mo Ali Cox in against the Dingers? It's there. It's, it's made true. for it, Ben. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to oh, hit you up yeah. after the pod. And uh, yeah, I did. I did kind of skip ahead here, but there's a bit of a zero RB week for the Dingers. Um, and the bipocalypse, as you've put it, Hod, has hit all at once in week six. Whilst over there, or the rich get richer over there with Khalil Herbert, as we just talked about. Um, slotting in nicely as his third running back. So very nicely timed 
effort there for Ben. Well, yeah, in what was already a running back room rich with talent, the bipocalypse couldn't have been timed any better for the dingers. So, yeah, I uh, I think it is a David versus Goliath one for this week. But if there's nothing more on that one, I'll move on to the Jim City Stallions versus Pappas Punishers. And Pappa did get off to a solid start here with the Brady Brown stack and some mixed emotions for Jim. Uh, Hertz punched out that 25 with a pretty ordinary performance, but a nice fantasy one. Uh, but the connection couldn't heat up with Rager, who served up a little donut. So that. what are your thoughts on um, penalty yards, boys? Because Rager was a bit stiff. He, he drew 95 yards on two deep balls, um, where he's, Jim said it correctly, butterfingers. He could have still caught them, but he didn't. But he still helped the team out a lot with two huge penalties. Uh, I know some leagues do count mm. penalty yards. What are your thoughts on there's, it? There's nothing more frustrating watching mm. a game uh, when they get mangled and they're going to clearly either catch a touchdown or yeah. mm, have the a DB, big yardage and the they don't get it. The just beaten and it grabs them by the heels. Yeah. and yeah, It reminds me that's, of that's, Tory Smith for the, the Ravens a few years ago copped it heaps. He just... Kept taking the top mm. off the defense and drawing so many pass interference. It is frustrating. It's only, yeah, it's the only other more frustrating thing is watching someone take a massive run to the house and then a hold and it comes back. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting talking point actually because I think, I think there's a genuine case to be made for having that in. Mm. The yeah, it, might, it doesn't have to be, you know. It doesn't have to be a catch per, or per yards, but it could be a, you know, a one-pointer for, for yeah. the flag or something. But anyway, yeah. just an interesting one that I know a few leagues do um, incorporate in. But uh, just some commentary here from uh, Jim City himself. I see a lot of questionables for Papa at the Springs, hopefully all laid out. Uh, Danny Dimes probably leads that. We'll see where that one ends up. But no coincidence here. Need to fix my wide receiver room. Where's Camo when you need him? And Papa, he's, he's a changed man. He's... Um, taken the time to self-reflect and he said they're dealing with a lot of injuries in a must-win game and the match play could be won or lost with the Friday stacks. Interesting way to spell one there, but did the DFF write this or <laughs> Jesus Christ? They're putting my tally prompt to the real test there. And uh, the Stallions, maybe they're going to hit up the dingers this week for a bit of reefer because they're greening out from all reports. It must look pretty solid on the projections there and Papa may be putting a bit of reverse moz on it. But uh, let's see what uh, John Gruden's incognito web browser, no filter, no worries, has to say about this one. And it's pretty much a landslide from John. It's 82% in favor of the punishers with a 20-point differential in the projections. But the league thinks it might be a little bit closer. Not much, but... 73-27 split in favour of the Punisher himself. So let's see. Let's see how that one ends up. Yep. Will be an interesting matchup. And I'm sure, you know, since Papa has taken a step back from fantasy and not letting it affect him, he won't be sending any messages to Jim this week uh, anticipating a loss there. But we'll move on to the next game, which is the Johnny Unitas haircuts, the tanking haircuts that are scoring well against the straight cash homies who are on a bit of a slide at the moment. And we've just got to mention it again, uh, a, a massive 
cheers to Manny here for just putting in plenty of content. We've really appreciated the step up in quality from some people. Uh, and it's a good balance when he's taken on Timos, who doesn't really give an awful lot in terms of insight. Uh, the way the league sees this 91% to the straight cash homies, which I do find intriguing because John Gruden's incognito web browser, no filter, no worries projections, has the straight cash homies at 27%. Is that the most uh, the league has differed from our projections, boys, this season? All right, it has to be. 91% to a 27%. Very interesting. I wonder if people uh, gave a genuine look at Tim Oss's lineup this week because there are McCaffrey. some absolute alarm bells, but we'll get to that in a second. So Manny's takeaways here. Haircuts, trade out Wilson for another three first-rounders. Not bad, isn't it, for a bloke who doesn't value first-round picks, apparently. Given I've now made my big moves, I'll give you the insight. I now own seven first-rounders for 2022. This includes mine and all of the Sonny, Weaver, and Fonte Mac divisions, with the exception of the DFF and Humdingers. Wouldn't want to touch them in case you can catch incompetence from their rosters. <laughs> Uh, so with that in mind it is in my interest to lose all my divisional games and pinch games now to maximize my top six picks in the lottery hence trading wilson and taking fab fab guaranteed i'd get geno smith for the short term while i play the other divisions then when wilson returns i'll have the division games in the last six and i'll have no qb but want to lose very good insight here have you um have you by chance ordered the little uh little head bubble thing that Manny seems to be doing at the moment? He's using this platform to just tell us how smart he is. I, so I think yeah. I, I think you should get that on order ASAP if I, he hasn't already himself. I think the haircuts have started to send out a bit of merch and it is just a little Johnny Unitas head bubble that you can buy for your car, put it on your dashboard. Mm. Wouldn't that just be good to add? I've heard I've heard he just uh he bought a neck brace. Last week, just to maintain, <laughs> just keep the neck in place. It is moving around that much. I don't know. It's uncontrollable. I, yeah, I, I get a sense, and, and maybe you guys chime in if you feel the same, but for a guy who definitively said on the pod when we interviewed him that he does not rate first-round picks, I get a sense that he might have done a bit of a 180 on that uh, that opinion. What do you guys think? Well, I think we were talking about it before. There's There's every chance he still lives up to that. He might use that those assets to just reset on a real quick rebuild for proven um, commodities over the off season. So who knows? Yep. And I think mm. he, you know, he clearly put it there that he's going to wait for those assets to just mature. Hopefully wait until the lottery, see where those picks land and then might take picks, might flip them out. Who knows? I do like that. He's used this forum just to, just to reiterate how smart he is. Just couldn't hold it back. Couldn't let the league work out what he's doing. He just needed to tell everyone that I'm smarter than you. Well, we can't forget it is the Empire Modesty League. So he's, he's right, yeah, right up there. And he continues that because he, he follows it up with another comment saying, enormous danger game for Tim, given I hold his pick, particularly if McCaffrey doesn't play. And McCaffrey, since these comments, has been officially ruled out. So just once again working in Manny's favour here and... Uh, as he puts, time to milk Booker and Michael Thomas return getting closer. So he's just reminding mm, the league again. Confident. He's got Michael Thomas up his sleeve. Uh, and confident. Booker, obviously, for the next few weeks, having a what's, fair workload. What's Who's he milking? 
He's uh, he's drinking Geno some Smith's. nice Booker milk at the at the moment. Apparently. Josh Allen's nipples. <laughs> I bet he is. No wonder he needs a neck brace. Oh, and Timos, let's move to his notes. He gave us three dot points. <laughs> he gave us three dot points again, uh, which is above average for him. Could be in trouble this week. He's identifying it too. Manny's RB room is on fire. He's a bit worried because he's got Gino starting in there who threw a nice <laughs> touchdown, but other than that, didn't look too great. So can't be too concerning, I would have thought, but it's better than a zero, I suppose. And Elijah Mitchell probably could have come in handy for him this week. And uh, if, <laughs> I just feel bad for Scoop because he is so shit, I tried to help him out. So that's a nice little touch there from Timos. But let's touch on his uh, running back room because with McCaffrey officially being ruled out and he was already using Zach Moss. Zach Moss just sits there. McCaffrey out. He's got uh, Kamara on by this week, so he has to sit him out. These are his other options here, guys. Lev Bell. Nope. Uh, Salvon Ahmed. Is that his first name? Yep. And new. <laughs> and Dearness Johnson. And that's it. Oof. Uh, is, uh, I don't know how you can start any of them with any form of confidence they're going to score above one. Yeah, I'd almost just lock McCaffrey in and have a guaranteed zero because you could get negatives playing any of those fights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. And he's right, Elijah Mitchell would have... Oh, actually, no. Uh, Tim clearly doesn't even know what he's talking about because they're on bye this week. So I don't I don't think it would have come in handy for you, Tim Oz. <laughs> <laughs> It's some extensive research it's, from the Team 84 there. Uh, and, and the other thing that hasn't helped him is that Mike Evans only put up 3.7. So not a great start. That's uh, right. Plus this running back issue. So uh, it's got, it's another game with a bit of a whiff of an upset, this one. Yep. Now, Miles Sanders only a 7.6 there, which could have... Uh, yeah, could have closed the gap even more, but we will watch this game very closely this week because if Timos is to lose this game, boys, he's gone from being a heavy favourite at the start of the season. He's copped some injuries. His depth has been questioned. Where do you see him potentially sitting in the power rankings if he drops this game? Because he's been on a bit of a slide the last three weeks. I don't. I don't. I think it's a top half and bottom half. I don't think he can mm. fall below six. To be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I tend, tend to agree. All right, let's move on to the next game because, boy, is this uh, taking up a lot of our chat at the moment, this matchup. Yeah, it certainly has. And I know it's not match of the week, but for mine, it's the one I'm looking forward to the most. It is the Bayside Executioners up against the DFF. Um, and thanks to John Gruden um, and his incognito web browser, no filter, no worries. This one, 64%, sorry, 59%, according to John to Scoot and the Bayside Executioners. So this is only a six-point ball game. Um, this has got a lot of heat on it, this game. Uh, can't wait to uh, see this one unravel. We know what's happened throughout the week. Scooter's just been relentless with his uh, his uh, pacing of the DFF scores throughout his career. And then he even moved on to a bit of Cole Komet, sort of game-by-game update and how, how young Gronk's going. So I did I did enjoy that addition. There was one point actually this week where Scoot texted me and said, I think it's just me and you that's enjoying all this <laughs> all this stuff I'm posting about the DFF. And he wasn't wrong. Um, I, I certainly did enjoy it. Um, both these teams had a couple of players last night. Uh, Scooter had Zach Ertz, who scored, thankfully for him, so put up a 12.9. And 
almost had the most ridiculous um, of fantasy outcomes, which was getting traded after he played to a team that's yet to play. Um, but I think the league did confirm you can't have a little doublet up in the one week. That would be incredible. I'm salty that that is an actual rule because I would love to see a bloke score on the Thursday night game, get traded, play again and see how fantasy would calculate those scores. Wouldn't that just be fantastic? Uh, two games for two teams. Uh, the DFF would be salty as. <laughs> Speaking of, he did have um, his boy Quez Watkins, the Quez master. Uh, he came in for his debut with the DFF and put up a pretty respectable 7.9. So caught three catches, I believe. So he was pretty good and he let the league know he was going to debut. But um, let me just get to some of Steph's notes here. We didn't have Scoot this week for some unknown reason. He's normally pretty good on the document, but um, here's some of Steph's thoughts. And I will read it word for word here. Are the Bayside Executioners. What does this organization stand for? Absolutely nothing, if you ask me. I don't think anyone did, but now that we have, that's the uh, response. He prances around like he's a Hall of Famer, but what has he achieved in this last year or ever? Question mark. I'll tell you something. My roster and team is built for the ultimate success, and if any of you would take his roster over mine, you're simply wrong, or as he put it, you're wrong, simple. He supports... (laughs) You're wrong, simple. Speaking of simple, um, he supports Essendon. I think he is following Adrian Dodoro's list management strategy of 20 years and no finals wins. That's pretty sharp from you, DFF. I didn't like that. Is there anything more to add than what I mentioned above? Enlighten me if there is. I think he just like asked himself a question about five He's really turning into the Bruce McAvaney of this league, isn't he? He, isn't, isn't he? It? He is. Isn't he? But I tell you what, fellas, I actually enjoy this from the DFF. If you're listening, DFF, and I know you are, more of the same, mate. That is some some great insight from the DFF's mind and the factory's little brain. Goodness gracious. Well, let's move on to the much anticipated <laughs> match of the week. Is this my first match of the week for the year? This is an unfamiliar time slot. Uh, Ben, can you confirm that? You two have hogged this segment for the whole season. Yeah, we felt like it was a bit unfair. We were hogging these matches of the week, so we thought probably time you step up. Yeah, I like it. Tommy Brown, at your service. (laughs) I was going to say, it probably just more speaks to kind of how we rate you. You just cop the injuries and news. We'll do the the important (laughs) stuff. Thanks, mate. (laughs) Ah, uh, Kenny, leave the funny jokes to the funny blokes, mate. Oh. So we'll we'll continue with the match of the week, and this is a huge one because we've got the legal team against the Prestige Worldwide, and Jake does not hide the fact that he dislikes the McMahons. So this is one he will want to stash away handsomely. And hasn't he started on fire here, boys? He's played out regular season Lenny for a big 27 burger and he stacked the bucks with OJ Howard just stepping in nicely for Gronk in his absence with a 16.9. I'm not sure OJ Howard has scored 16.9 in the last two seasons. Uh, Can we also mention how amazing the fact is it's basically OJ Howard's first start on anyone's team and it's with OJ's legal team. Oh, delicious. 
That is very clever by you. Um, Devonta Smith, he had a quiet day. Uh, I think every receiver had a quiet day with Jalen Hurts. He was horrendous throwing the ball, but he only brought a four to the table. But it's it's still a very healthy start for the legal team. I'm looking at, oh, boy, oh, boy. I am looking at the John Gruden projections here, and it is 157.55 versus 157.92. Oh, cheapest. So right. this this is going to be a tight one. This is going to have the hearts racing because, uh, as I said, Jake will want to put this one away for sure. Bit of commentary from Jake here. The quarterback matchup is very one-sided. Another error here, on-sided. But I think my skill position players – whoa, 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 whoa. Old tally prompters played up here. <laughs> <laughs> run it back, run it back. Run it back. Um, yeah, very one-sided quarterback matchup, but I think my skill position players are better across the board. Ooh. If, if my quarterbacks can hold their own, it will be a great matchup. So a bit of pressure on Derek. How do we think Derek Carr will go, John Grudenless? Mm, it's it's a good Denver, good point. not the easiest matchup, but divisional game. Pretty familiar foes. I think yeah, in the short term, fine. I don't know, maybe long-term success. We might see some... Uh, person come in and maybe try someone out, but I think for now we'll be all right. I'll just I'll quickly touch on before you move on too far. OJ Howard, you did mention that could be his biggest score ever. It's his biggest score since week nine of two thousand and eighteen. Just for a bit of context, Ooh. boys. Well, Steve. there you go. Um, but the current matchup record is two and zero to the legal team. He just thought he'd slot that one in there. Possible bogey mm. team. He's uh, yeah okay. Bit of forecasting there. Money's mm. And But the tight end matchup, this one's for the ages, boys. It's CJ Uzoma versus Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. Uh, two Titans at their positions, he's put. So that's an epic battle of the tight ends. Well, we'll, we'll allow Matt to provide some commentary here. And he's he's gone a different route to most here. He, I will kiss the ring this week, he reckons. I cannot talk trash to this man just yet as he is the reigning champion. Much respect. So he's gone the opposite route to most. Heavy praise. This is very Bill Belichick-like, boys. This is what Bill Belichick does. He pumps up his opponents so that when he beats them, it's even more satisfying. What, what do you think of this tactic? Uh, heavy praise without actually saying anything. Mm. What, what did he oh. say? Well, you, you can't you can't talk any trash to Jake. He's the reigning champ, and he's just going to leave it very. Uh, we'll quiet. say something nice about him then. Oh, well, I take that as a, a positive. But even if you guys don't, always taking the negative, aren't you, Keeney? But yep. uh, <laughs> it's the Josh Allen effect. That's why. Yeah. Oh, hang on. I'll just let me get to Josh just here, boys. I, I, I never <laughs> leave him, him out of it. I'm he's just... so happy. Oh, he's so happy. Oh, I love Josh. Dak. Um, D- Dak might be quiet here against the Pats. This is just me doing a little bit of our research for the punters club. And um, Bill Belichick, speaking of, he rushes three and drops eight more than any other um, team in the league. So forces forces the opposition to throw unders and be methodical down the field if you want to pass against them. So it might be a quieter day for Dak. And ironically, he's going to go up against Zeke and I think that Zeke will have quite a bit of success against this Pats run day. It's not the best. Um, so this is a good head-to-head battle here. But our boy Josh, 
could absolutely light up some nipples. I, I mean, Titans. <laughs> I mean, Titans. What do I even mean, Tennessee? Oh. I could see, I could see that coming before time, and I can't believe you didn't go straight to Titans off the I, bat. Oh, off the bat, what? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, God, well, I love you're Josh. a funny man. You're a he's, funny man. He's he's very quickly become my favourite player in this league because week to week we just get a weekly weather forecast and a bit of sliding into DMs. It's great, but this one's going to be a huge game. Um, oh yeah. I think everyone's keen to watch how this one plays out. I will just get to John with the projections here. And if I can find it, it is absolutely split down the middle. 49% to 51, a one point differential in the projections. And the league thinks the same with a slight edge to the prestige worldwide with a 55 to 45%. And I reckon that voting majority would have been done before the 48.7 that the OJ's legal team put up on the Thursday night game. So he's off to an absolute flyer. Projections have gone close. It is going to make for a very intriguing matchup. But uh, we'll move on to our last segment here because I think there's some things we've got to talk about. Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. I see another binge-drinking, pill-puffing, powder-sniffing footballer making a tearful television apology. I'll blow a fuse. Get your hand off my penis! And that can only mean that we are going to talk about old man Scoot, and really it's just another excuse to play that sound drop because I know Keeney loves the little ending of that one. But uh, I really do. Look, old man Scoot, he, he didn't deliver on his notes this week. He was the only person in the league who didn't, so we were a bit worried about him and just thought that maybe old man Scoot couldn't keep up with technology, but then we went back over our chat for the week and, oh boy, is old man Scoot keeping up with the socials at the moment. He is just relentlessly trolling the DFF at the moment, uh, posting screenshot after screenshot and also a few little memes, or as uh, old man Scoot likes to call them, memes, I think is what he calls them, (laughs) memes and gifs. Because that is the say, way that old man Scoot operates. A few little Bayside gifs <laughs> pop into the chat. <laughs> so, we'll look forward to see uh, what other ways he might communicate. He might send a few uh, messages written by typewriter, some homing pigeons. Who knows how he might communicate for the rest of the week. But looking forward to see how old man Scoot continues to troll the DFF. And for an episode that we said we would keep to under an hour, we have... Uh, Slowly approaching the one hour 20 mark here, boys. So, boy, do we like to just talk. Uh, another interesting week. Some very, very nice matchups, as we alluded to. And I, I do go back to that match of the week that we pointed out. One of these teams will go to 5-1. and one, The other will drop to 4-2. and two. There is a lot on the line here, uh, both in very competitive divisions. What's your sort of takeaway for this week, Keeney? Well, I just looked up the weather in Tennessee, and I kid you not, Severe thunderstorm warning currently in Tennessee. So maybe that might have an impact on old Joshy Washy Twinkle Toes. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait for that one. I think uh, I think OJ might get him, but we'll, we'll soon find out. What do you reckon, Hot? I reckon that's wishful thinking at best there, Katie. I suggest you get the tassels out for our boy Josh because <laughs> I'm off. <laughs> I'm off to take a squiz for some memes on John Gruden's incognito web browser. Wish me luck, boys. Podcast over and out. The tassels.